Secondly, we're in a situation where we have put together and you guys did, did it for our administration, the President Obama's administration before this. We have put together, I think, the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics. Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Welcome to the BCP podcast. Today is either the fifth or sixth day in a row where I'm giving you a follow-up report or more news having to do with the discovery of fraud in 2020 in Michigan. Let me give you a, a rundown and here's what we're getting right now as far as breaking news Right before the weekend, it turns out that Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel has confirmed the eight to 10,000 voter registrations that were dropped off at Muskegon City Clerk ahead of the 2020 election, which were fraudulent. This happened, obviously, back in October of 2020, and it was hidden until the Gateway Pundit and others brought it forward, I think, Tuesday or Wednesday of this past week. And every single day, we're getting more information about GBI, about Gary Bell, the guy behind GBI, and all these shady things that are happening. Uh, on uh, Saturday's show, I showed you a clip of an absolute patriot from President Trump's White House um, staff, legal counsel, that let us know that Bill Barr and the White House counsel killed the investigation into this as far as what was uh, from the White House perspective. Absolute uh, craziness. So what happened, it was happening here is that right before the weekend, Detroit News actually confirmed the Gateway uh, Pundit's reporting on the development. Once again, this happened in October of 2020. They tried to hide the fact that this even took place and we're just now finding out. So let me just read this. I think uh, uh, Colin, uh, Colin Rugg here does a great job breaking down everything that happened. A redacted police report describes how Maish, and Maish uh, is the a city clerk and Maish, and if it, if it wasn't for her catching this, we wouldn't even know about this. She encountered a woman dropping off eight to 10,000 completed voter registration applications. Registrations included the same handwriting, non-existent addresses, and incorrect phone numbers. An investigation found that the woman worked for GBI Strategies. GBI Strategies, Gary Bell's a company, was funded by Dark Money Super PAC Black PAC, who paid them $11.25 million to register voters for Joe Biden in the state of Michigan. Upon further investigation, the police found guns, burner phones, prepaid cash cards, and incomplete registrations at a defunct eyeglass store where GBI strategies had set up operation. They pretty much busted in on a boiler room operation uh, for 
voter and election fraud. There was plenty of fraud in the 2020 election. The problem was that people in position of power didn't want to find it. Okay, so that is, uh, that's what we know. But the Detroit News actually, actually looked into this and reported on it. And this thing is really, uh, this print is really small. So for these, for those of you watching uh, this on video, I'm going to put my reading glasses on. My uh, my eyesight was failing me as far as I needed glasses to read. You may have noticed I hardly wear glasses anymore on the show. For those of you who watched the video, I was doing that for a while. Uh, it turns out that I actually upped my intake uh, of carrots and other nutrients uh, and supplements for the eyes and kind of got some of my eyesight back. But this small print does necessitate reading glasses. Lansing, the Detroit News, Friday. Authorities in Michigan referred a 2020 investigation into thousands of voter registrations submitted by a person in Muskegon to the FBI. Attorney General Dana Nessel's office confirmed this week. Oh, I probably shouldn't lean off camera. That's pretty much the story there, folks. That, in fact, Dana Nessel, the Attorney General, did confirm the veracity of this story. That's the update. Let's see if we have something uh, else on Monday, and I do six days in a row, whatever it is, uh, on this story. Now, one person who has been a victim of stolen elections, well, the biggest victim are, are, are the citizens of our country. By the way, the 2020 election was stolen. Joe Biden told us so. I'll try to remember when I put this into uh, editing to play our <laughs> to play our Joe Biden clip. That might just be the new intro. I've been doing it, I think, every single day this week that we started reporting on this, except for yesterday. I believe I failed to put the Joe Biden clip in. I don't remember. I put it on several times over the last few days. But obviously, we the people of the United States have a fake president, Joe Biden. We the people of the United States don't have the real winner of the 2020 presidential election, which, of course, is Donald John Trump. And the people of Arizona don't have Carrie Lake. They have Katie Hobbs because that was a stolen election as well. Now, several months ago, Axis reported that Carrie Lake had been meeting with uh, GOP senators and that she was going to run for Senate in 2024. Other people in their follow-up reporting of Carrie Lake, including this weekend, have been talking about that. But uh, she gave a statement to the Gateway Pundit refuting this and giving the truth about what's really going on. Carrie Lake team tonight reports that she is staffing up in preparation for U.S. Senate race in 2024. Will remain focused on election lawsuit, but says if she did run, she would win the Senate seat. She would win the Senate seat like she won the governorship of Arizona, but was denied because of fraud. This makes me sick to my stomach, folks, that we and our great republic, the United States of America, have openly stolen elections like every other banana republic. It hurts my it hurts my body and my soul. And I can feel I can just feel it right right here. I can feel it right here um in in my entrails. It, it's just it's just a knot there. I remember when they said Joe Biden won the next well I you know I, I watched the 2020 I stayed up late President Trump said hey they stopped counting uh, this doesn't look good. Uh, let's be vigilant. You know, he was winning everything. And the next morning they did, they did all these election dumps, uh, excuse me, ballot dumps 
and rigging in the wee hours of the morning, remember in Arizona with the uh, the, the Freemans uh, adding ballots and they're tweaking the numbers and all of a sudden dropping a whole bunch of ballots, not actual voters, but just fake ballots in and how my stomach was a knots and they came out and declared Joe Biden the winner. We're like, how the hell in any world where a guy doesn't even campaign, no one likes him, no one comes out to see him, wins like we all we all knew the rigging was happening i was reporting on the rigging about to happen before it happened but i thought we'd have way more votes to overcome the rigging and that little that that little knot in my stomach that little knot in my stomach has been there ever since november of 2020 going on three years but um this is the statement that she gave Lake says it's untrue that she is staffing up for a Senate campaign. She has laser focus on her lawsuit, challenging the stolen midterm election. Lake's team gave the following statement to the Gateway Pundit. When they rigged the election, trampled on a sacred vote of Arizona, and stole Carrie's victory, the only, they only strengthened her movement. Carrie will never stop fighting for the people of Arizona. That's why she's continuing her legal battle to reform our elections. If Carrie decides to jump in the Senate race, she will win. So... It's not uh, exactly a denial, but it says that she hasn't jumped in. If she decides that she'll jump in, uh, she'll win. Now, why is Carrie Lake in the news? Well, everyone's in Iowa right now, right? They're having a, a, a state fair, and they uh, you've got Vivek Ramaswamy there. I'm not going to show you the clips, but uh, his favorite song to come out to is some Eminem song, and he rapped the whole song for the crowd. We had Ron DeSantis there. And while Ron was, DeSantis was there, maybe I'll show this in tomorrow's episode, but while Ron DeSantis was there, people were singing, we want Trump and uh, Trump, uh, we love Trump, as Ron DeSantis is walking by. And as Ron DeSantis was grilling some hamburgers, people totally went and looked up at the sky and you could see the Trump plane landing in Iowa. Total classic. Kind of reminds me, if you remind me that one time where Ted Cruz was on a stage during the uh, 2016 uh, campaigns and uh, he's talking and, and then as he's talking, Trump plane literally flies over him and everyone looks at it. It was just, I don't know, it's kind of like baller status. Uh, but this is what we have. Uh, Carrie Lake visited the Iowa State Fair on Friday and was photographed by reporters milking a cow. And then this is what she said. What, what she said it was, it was brilliant. Watch this with me. Which one of you is from the New York Times? You know there's only two genders, right? There's only two genders, and they know that in Iowa. I challenge the New York Times reporter and the Washington Post reporter to try to milk a cow and then try to milk a bull and see how that goes. She challenged the New York Times reporter to milk a bull, and we'll know what that, that will get you. I like Benny Johnson's uh, reply to this. He said, you're a real one, Carrie Lake. Actually, Benny Johnson uh, follow him if you're on X, uh, a.k.a. Twitter. He's got a lot of good stuff. I actually got that clip because he had posted it on Twitter. By the way, I am on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter. Please follow the show. Uh, we are on Twitter at the uh, the BCP uh, podcast. And you can find that at the BCP podcast on X. We've, uh, as of time recording this, still don't have a thousand followers. X, Twitter, never gave me back my old account in which we had 
I don't know, somewhere between 35 and 40, not quite 40, but it was over 33 or 34, 35,000 uh, followers. Would have been a lot easier to reach people, let them know about the BCP podcast. It's really interesting. This BCP podcast actually started, the, the, the original name was BCP Unfiltered. So I could give the unfiltered news because I had to filter my stuff on YouTube. I am so grateful that you guys are supporting me in this because it is so liberating to just say things like Joe Biden's a fake president like he is. And that 2020 election was stolen. Not have to kind of dance around uh, the issues. But uh, it's taken me since May to not even get a thousand uh, followers. So please follow me on uh, X on Twitter and retweet. That's if you're on Twitter. If you're not already on Twitter, I'm not telling you to get on Twitter. But if you are, please follow the show. Okay, so we're talking about fraud. And we talked about Kerry Lakes. Let's talk about the fraudulent governor of Arizona, Katie Hobbs, the Secretary of State, who rigged, as a Secretary of State, the election in her favor to win the governorship. Only in modern-day America is this possible. There would have been a revolution. I'm, I'm surprised Arizona is a state that's actually put up with it. it it's, a, it's, a, it's a fairly red state, but it's, one of the, it's, one of the, it's still one of the, the states in the West Coast that still feels like the wild, wild West. Arizona, lots of gun, lots of open land, lots of uh, freedom, a lot of rebellion in Arizona. And it's just it's just amazing that uh, Katie Hobbs was able to do this. I know Carrie Lake is, is fight, fighting the, the fight in the courts. I know we want to win in the courts. We don't want to win uh, with blood in the streets. But I'm, I'm, it's still surprising to me that, that, that this, this creature is the governor of Arizona. Days after the 2020 election, Katie Hobbs tweeted, um, uh, Breitbart News reported that Katie Hobbs said Trump had a neo-Nazi base while she was serving as a Democrat state senator in 2017. See how quickly Katie Hobbs has ascended? That's what happens. They get the little minions in the states and then they ascend them. Hobbs' tweet appeared to be a reaction to the false narrative that Trump praised neo-Nazi writers in Charlottesville. In, in 2017, uh, she had tweeted out, uh, Real Donald Trump has made it abundantly clear he's more interested in... What's that word there? In protecting his neo-Nazi base than being POTUS for all Americans. She also said something about the presence on the side of the freaking Nazis. Don't just say stuff, do something. That's in, in 2017. Uh, she also said... It took a day and a half to figure this out. Also, if you're not condemning President Trump for not condemning Nazis, it's just words. Now, of course, President Trump did condemn the Nazis. He had condemned violence on many sides in Charlottesville after the uh, Antifa clash. He condemned neo-Nazis, white supremacists, and other hate groups in a White House statement uh, on August 14th, 2017. You can see all these things. We're on the anniversary of these things happening. Uh, This is the... August 13th show, uh, August 13th episode of the show. And August 15th of 2017, he condemned neo-Nazis totally and praised nonviolent protesters on both sides. Well, this is what we're finding out from Fox News in the last few days. By the way, you've, you may have come around to realizing that this Sunday edition of the BCP podcast is similar to my Sunday show that I used to have on YouTube. And for those who are new listeners, because I actually have new listeners that discovered me and were not YouTube fans, I had a YouTube channel with approximating 700,000 subscribers 
and they kicked me off and permanently banned me from YouTube, Black Sort of Patriot channel, which was on there since the channel started in 2009. That's when I set the channel and it was an earnest. Since 2015, I came out talking about politics and really started being really active in 2016 on YouTube. So they kicked me off because I did a report about CBS doing a report on Ray Epps and they said that I was cyberbullying him. And my attorney has uh, contacted them and they will not let me back on the platform. So that's uh, that. That's where we're at. I, there was a reason why I was, I was going to mention that. We're, I, I, I'm fancy free here on this Sunday edition. So please forgive the me being informal. Uh, but you can't talk about the stolen elections. And this is what we're finding out as far as the censorship Oh, that's what I was saying. If, for those of you that were on my YouTube show, you'll see this is reminiscent of what I used to do, the weekend roundup, where I'm getting to news stories from Friday and Saturday um, and maybe you know Thursday, last couple of days that I just didn't cover because we've been doing in-depth reporting on the stolen election in Michigan over the last few days. So I'm, I'm catching you up some very important stories. So we got this uh, right before uh, the weekend. Devin, uh, D- Democrat Governor Katie Hobbs requested Twitter censor critics of tweet comparing Trump supporters to Nazis. Democratic Arizona Governor Katie Hobbs, a fake who did not win, Carrie Lake is the rightful winner of the 2020 gubernatorial race in Arizona. But Katie Hobbs requested the social media website, formerly known as Twitter, to censor critics of her tweet that compared supporters of former President Donald Trump to Nazis. In August 2017, we kind of went through uh, her tweets. But the news here is that uh, on November 13, 2020, Hobbs emailed Twitter using her official Arizona Secretary of State email asking the support team to take action against her online trolls. Oh, freaking snowflakes. Twitter asked for more information and for Hobbs to provide examples for a request, which Hobbs was unable to provide. Remember, they don't need proof. They just need to have their feelings hurt. Ridiculous. Okay, this was an interesting clip I'm going to show you. This is um, U.S. Senator Scott Brown with his wife, Gail Huff, is sworn in the old Senate chambers by U.S. Vice President Joe Biden, February 4th of 2010. Now, don't I don't fault you if you don't remember uh, Senator Scott Brown. Uh, Senator Scott Brown was a Republican senator from the, uh, from, and well, from uh, Massachusetts, so he's kind of like a kind like a Romney type of guy. Uh, I don't really know his politics, but uh, his wife, Gail Huff Brown, was a TV journalist. So this is what took place during this swearing in. He was on a podcast, and this is what he had to say. This is very very interesting. Check this out. And especially in the last few months, this thing with his granddaughter really stuck. And also, I think people are irked out about all the hair sniffing and things. We went overseas, and he especially took a long inhale. And I think women are skeeved out by that that st- stuff. And, and you know, he's not a good guy. Oh, you know him. I mean... Listen, he's... he's, he's I, I did know him. I, I spent quite a bit of time with him. I, I enjoyed his company. But that's not Joe Biden. He, he, this you, We all know the signs. My, yeah. my uh, you know, uh, we all know people who have dementia and and have the beginning of Alzheimer's, and, and, you know, he's got it. I mean, it's the walk, it's the way he's mumbling, his anger yeah. outbursts. 
and you know it's it's a shame uh, that we can't do better, as I said, uh, in this great country. But you know, a lot of people don't want to run because of everything you're seeing now. Yeah. Hey, you know, I might be imagining this, but did you when you were on the Herald Radio with us probably seven years ago? When you got sworn in as senator, was he like hair sniffing Gale or handsy with Gale, or did I imagine? Yeah, that? yeah, yeah, yeah. I told him I'd kick the shit up. I told him to stop. Again, a reminder for those of you that did uh, watch me on YouTube, and part of my self censorship is I would call Joe Biden handsy grabby, uh, handsy grabby Uncle Joe. So yeah, he's handsy grabby. Did you hear he said that? He said yeah. He's he tried to get hands with his wife. He told him he'd beat the. Uh, shyster out of him if he uh, if he tried that. Was he like hair sniffing Gale or handsy with Gale or did I imagine? Yeah, 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 yeah. I told him I'd kick the shit up. I told him to stop. Did, so yes. <laughs> did you really go through it again? If you don't mind. No, no. It's, it's all it's old news. It's old news. It 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 it, uh, it is. Yes, he, he didn't act the way I thought he should, and and you know we called him on it, and you know that's it. So, you called him on you know, it to yeah, his face, right there. Oh yeah. Really? Sure. Where's yeah. the hot mic for that one? <laughs> yeah, I know. A hot mic for that one. Take your hands off my wife, stop sniffing her, I'm gonna beat the crap out of you. That's an appropriate response. Would have been nice had he actually done that and we would have that on we would have that as video evidence. But see that that's the problem, folks. These perverts, these sick deviant activities of these Elitists continue happening because they get away with their bad behavior. All right, so I didn't report on this. I don't. I don't report. I remember reporting on this. Uh, but a presidential candidate in South America, in Ecuador, was assassinated this week, and the news is coming out from the AP over the weekend is that. They're, they're protecting all of these crime gang lords because they think the criminals did it. But who's the real criminal here? It actually turns out that Fernando Villa Vicencio, the Ecuadorian journalist and former legislator, well, he's former because he's now dead, was assassinated during a shootout uh, this Wednesday. But I didn't know much about him. I don't follow Ecuadorian um, politics. But he was actually anti-China and anti-socialist. And he was really sounding the alarm, even working on a... He, he had released, or there was a... I don't know if it was just on YouTube only, uh, but it was, it was a documentary about the raping of natural resources and countries by China. Uh, Via Vicencio, who would have been on the ballot for the August 20th presidential race alongside seven other contenders had for years denounced China's growing influence and colonization of its country's natural resources on the auspices of the socialist government of former President Rafael Correa. As a journalist, Via Vicencio helped expose Correa's vast graft network that ultimately led to the latter in absentia corruption conviction. Now, we see the same thing happening right now with Lula da uh, Silva in Brazil. He's cozy cozy. He's going to sell out the country uh, to China. But now, you know, just it's everything is just so blatant. Let's just kill everyone who is outspoken and exposing the corruption of Marxists and socialists and coziness in between the world leaders and China. I am still, still very upset about 
Craig Robertson's death, the Utah man who was shot. And you guys had some good comments. And yeah, I didn't. I, there's a couple things I didn't mention in yesterday's episode. I forgot to mention the fact that they dragged his body out into the driveway. If they shoot him there, why wouldn't they wait for the investigators to come and take pictures of the shooting where it took place? They dragged his body out. Uh, he was about my size, but twice my weight. I don't know if you guys have noticed. I'm not fishing for anything, but those of you watching the video, I've lost like seven pounds in the last couple weeks. My mom noticed, asked me how I did it. I am intermittent fasting. I only now eat between 3 o'clock and 11 p.m. So I, I only eat during that eight hours. I'm actually going to start shortening that to between 4 and 10 p.m. People say, oh, you shouldn't eat so late. Well, I generally don't go to sleep till about midnight. And I just know my eating habits. Like I just, I, I'm a morning person. I get up and I'm ready to work and work and work. I don't need to eat. Uh, it, it, it's no caloric intake, so I'm I'm drinking water and what have you, uh, but no calories except for that time. I work, walk 20 to 30 minutes a day now, rapidly pacing myself. I do 150 push-ups before noon, and I am taking vitamins and supplements, making sure I. I I, my body's got all the nutrients it, it needs. That's why for the most part, I feel like my eyesight uh, has improved over the last several months. So, once again, this is the Sunday show and I have no idea right now why I was mentioning uh, my losing weight. Oh, that's why, because Craig Robertson supposedly had, was like 300 pound guy, very short. The FBI knew who he was before. Some people said that, well, how come the Secret Service wasn't investigating it? That's a good question, but I do understand that because the charges that they were issuing him a warrant on was interstate threats. And remember, the FBI is set up to enforce interstate commerce and crime. So that's why he crossed the state line by sending threats from Utah on the internet to, pre uh, to, to fake President Biden. So there you have it. And then again, it might be part of your theory that maybe Biden really isn't a president and that's why the FBI went, because they're his enforcement arm, not the Secret Service. But of course, that wouldn't fly because we know that the Secret Service has been covering for the Bidens. Like, for instance, who really had the cocaine. And closing the, say, oh, next week we're going to wrap up the investigation, even though we don't know who did it. Absolute corruption before our eyes. Anyway, the point I wanted to make with Via Sicencio uh, is that he has been exposing China and they're raping and pillaging of natural resources in his South American country. And I don't know exactly who killed them, but man, does this guy have a lot of enemies. You do not want to speak ill of China. They'll have you killed, just like they had Craig Robertson here in Utah killed uh, for, for not liking Biden. Even though people make all kinds of violent threats to President Trump and they don't get pre-dawn raids and shot in their own home with flashbangs going off outside their house. And, uh, oh, yes, I believe they didn't find a weapon on him. I'll give continued coverage on that. I don't have the facts in front of me. Don't want to give you misinformation. We have another person dead. Justin, star Alabama basketball talent, Caleb White, died at 17 after collapsing during workout. Uh, the teen was a highly ranked player in the state of Alabama, being ranked as number three in the state and number 43 in the country. Several colleges recording him, though he had not yet declared where he was looking to attend. Uh, everyone's devastated by the loss. When you look at the, uh, when you read the local news, it turned out that uh, he was, uh, it occurred at 1.12 p.m. He was uh, working out, doing some kind of workout practice when it happened. But in 2022, 2023, a little bit in 2021, 
This is totally normal and common for these young athletes to just die suddenly. They're going to do an autopsy, but you probably can figure out why that is. Speaking of, we have a new variant to be scared of this week. New variant EG5 is on the rise as COVID-19 cases and hospitalizations go up. A little bit early. I mean, we're not going to be going to the polls for over a year, but I don't know. Maybe they just need to start preconditioning the psyche and the mass uh, psychosis. There's a new coronavirus variant topping the leaderboard in the United States, EG5. Nationally, EG5 is causing about 70% of new COVID-19 cases in the country compared with 16 for the next most common lineage, XBB1.16. Just thought I'd mention that, folks, just in case you start to see some more craziness uh, as we uh, get closer and closer to the elections. Uh, how about this uh, news item from Los Angeles Times? Why child marriage is legal in California and the unexpected groups fighting to keep it that way. Well, let's just jump over to the Gateway Pundit. They do a great breakdown of this. And here's uh, uh, probably my last story. Yes, my last story for this weekend roundup. Thank you for being here, folks. Planned Parenthood and ACLU fighting against California banning child marriages. Planned Parenthood and ACLU are fighting against California banning child marriages. Wasn't that something? Planned Parenthood and the ACLU are among several leftist organizations fighting against California's proposed ban on child marriages. California and Mississippi are currently the only states in the nation with no minimum age requirement for marriage. The legislature will introduce a new attempt to limit marriage to people over 18 next year. Quote, in California, the age of sexual consent is 18 without exception. And anyone over that age engaging in intercourse with a minor can be charged with statutory rape. But the state's definition of unlawful sexual activity between an adult and a minor applies only if they are not married. That creates what some advocates see as a loophole in which the act of marriage can sanction what would otherwise be a crime. Interesante. Muy interesante. Planned Parenthood claims that the law could create a slippery slope that would make it easier to ban or limit abortions for minors. There we go. They want to be able to kill babies even if that means that some Muslim guy or someone from an, another culture where they have childhood brides can come in and rape that child under the guise of marriage. Among their concerns, a total ban on marriage of minors could be a slippery slope and impede constitutional rights of reproductive choices, including access to abortion. Uh, there is no constitutional right to kill your baby. Murder is not a constitutional right. Freedom of speech is, Second Amendment is, but not to kill babies. Sick, sick, sick. Thanks for being here, folks. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. I'll be back Monday with the breaking news and more exposure of election fraud and other news the mainstream media wants to hide from you, doesn't want to cover, and the powers that be don't want you to know. Extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics.